Gary, do you do any online gaming? Uh, it's called chess. Never heard of it. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> Smashing Security, episode 174. Gary Kasparov and Animal Crossing with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, episode 174. My name's Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, we're joined by a very special guest today, someone yes. who's a bit of a personal hero of mine. It is probably the world's greatest ever chess player, chess champion turned activist, security ambassador for Avast. It is, of course, can only be Gary Kasparov. Hello, Gary. Hello. Graham is going to be in such a good mood that you're here today, Gary. <laughs> uh, I'm not here. I'm in New York. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and presumably in your house, locked in. <laughs> yes. Hello from Batterick, New York. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope you've been staying safe and sound over there, Gary. And, yeah, uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, as as much as you can be safe now, uh, hiding uh, in your apartment. Yes. <laughs> so we, we're lucky we have, you know, uh, a top floor, so open roof. So we can have a little bit of fresh air every day. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Without walking around. Crazy times. It is crazy times. It's so, it's, it's like, like, like a movie. It's like a Hollywood disaster movie. You look outside and it's, uh, it's not empty, empty, but still, you know, for New York, you know, you can just uh, count cars crossing the street, you know, with fingers on one hand. I mean, yeah. you're right. If you were filming a doomsday movie, this would be the perfect time to do it because the streets are deserted. It, no, it, you're not allowed outside. You don't go filming. Exactly. You can film from the, from the top of, the, yeah, top you, of uh, your building. Yes. I think Gary could drive a drone from yes, his rooftop thinking, up drones. and down the streets, yeah. taking drones. some amazing footage like that. I, th- I think that's not beyond him to do something <laughs> like that. Okay, Carol, what's coming up on today's show? First, thanks to this week's sponsor, Boxcriptor. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Now, on today's show, Graham finds out for a price which celeb he looks like most. Gary delves into the intricacies of our new COVID world. And I head to New Horizons to see how a popular online game is being used for political ends. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, chums, chums, <laughs> uh, I have a very important question for you, which is this. Do you have a celebrity lookalike? Okay, I, I don't think I look like this person. Okay. But do you remember Wonder Woman from like the 80s? What, Linda Carter? Yeah. What, you've Some, been... Com- <laughs> I have been compared to Linda Carter in the face, like looking like her, I know. But I was actually not very happy with it because apparently Linda Carter tattooed her makeup on her face in the 80s. I have heard that about mm-hmm. her. I don't know it if might have good. been from me in a previous show. Who knows? Maybe that's not the thing. Maybe it's your satin tights and your lasso of truth <laughs> and your invisible plane. Gary, have you, have you ever been compared to anyone, any celebrities? Uh, no. Because it might be handy for you, because, I mean, I, I think there's probably one or two people who might prefer you extinct. If you yeah. had a lookalike sort of escorting you around on your public events, then it could be quite handy, couldn't it, to have someone what? like that? Who's a... <laughs> I think it was the other way around. So it's, it's, uh, some people were compared to me. Ah. <laughs> I used to be a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think you know who you're talking to, Graham. Well... <laughs> Well, I've been curious about this, and so I took the opportunity to upload your photographs into an app, which claims 
okay, which claims tell me tell me yeah. well well I'm, gary I'm, gary I'm getting impatient <laughs> gary gary here's the good news right you have a 77 percent likeness to brad pitt oh can you believe uh, that 77 percent and it only said you had a 70% likeness to Gary Kasparov. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, as Gary Kasparov lost to Brad Pitt. <laughs> so, now, now, Carol, I uploaded your photograph as well. Oh, no. Well, actually, I was surprised by this. 69% uh-huh. likeness to Courtney Cox from okay. Friends. Apparently, yes. I don't okay. see it myself, but there you go. No, yeah. Now, now, of course, it wouldn't be fair to do this game without also uploading my own photograph. Um, I have a thirty percent similarity to Larry the Cable Guy. Uh, whoever, okay, <laughs> I think he was. <laughs> I think he did a voice in the Cars movies of uh, Mater, the breakdown truck. But I'm also ninety-three percent. Ninety-three percent. Okay, so you're you're twin. Henry Kissinger, which. <laughs> But grab grab wait a second, but this is the it's it's I think it's all about the age. Oh thank you. So it's this yeah, <laughs> you, no 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 it's look Tell me. Still the, alive? Depends. No, no, You're no, older depends. than me, Gary. You've got no, Brad no, no, Pitt. No, 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 it's the because you're still alive. No, I'm talking about the age of the age of the person on the picture. Right. So you, you use my picture of what? 1985, 1995, no, 2005, no. I used a fairly recent one of you. The recent one. Okay, then I, then I, then I look, then I feel much better. Yeah. Graham, we could have, an, yeah, yeah, Gary, we could have an alternative way of making money now that you look like Brad Pitt. I mean, uh, we uh, could YouTube your uh, house. 70% is not enough. No, uh, I'm afraid, you know, this is, you cannot, you cannot play substitution. So, so these kind of apps exist and all kinds of things, not only celebrity look, likes you can get your selfie tweaked if you're not quite happy with it you can even have your palm read uh, astrology and horoscope apps face aging apps etc qr codes by the way you, you understand now that's the it's the next next frontier of, of hacking is using ai to um to play a segment allegedly done by Kasparov or by whoever mm-hmm. so and it's it, it looks almost real yeah deep fakes yes. absolutely yes. even images even, not, not just not just voice but even images yeah and that's yeah, as I said, it's new frontier. And I know that's there's, there's a lot of research being done now uh, to to fight back, but it will not be easy because the damage done by by the image of God knows the president, the prime minister appearing and and saying something uh, could be immeasurable. And in the old days, you were able to say, well, if this is a video of the president doing something outrageous or saying something ridiculous, then it can't be true. Today, however, it's not so easy to make that yeah, kind of yeah, judgment. Yeah, right? it's the problem is yes, in in, in some places, you know, <laughs> like in a country where I live now. So just, yeah. Uh, uh, it is the probably more damage is done by the real president than by the, <laughs> by the hoax one. Anyway, so these apps exist, and there have been concerns about these kind of apps in the past that they might be gathering too much information, maybe collecting facial databases, and who knows what they're going to do. And of course, people just simply want to know what they're going to look like when they're sixty-eight years old. Like you did, and you or, uploaded all our well, pictures. Well, these were all photos which are already publicly on the internet, so I figured they'd already scooped them up. Probably mm. um, a bit disappointing. They only made a seventy percent match with Gary. Kasparov, to be honest, for his own photograph, but <laughs> but never mind. Anyway, these apps are often labelled as free, and the funny thing is that when you actually run the apps, what you find is just about every feature inside the apps is one that has to be paid for. Oh, it's like in-app features are all the features. Exactly. 
So if you actually want to experience the app, you need to make an in-app purchase or sign up for a subscription. Now, I managed to find an app which didn't require me to do any payment, or at least I was able to do at least one run-through with your different images. But there were other apps where it really tried to ensnare me and where they tried to ask for all kinds of personal information, like my name, my gender, my birthday, you know, scan your palm print <laughs> for palm reading. And then when you click the Analyze button, then you are prompted to start a free trial. That is outrageous. So basically, you're you're putting in all your information. See, I'm maybe it's because I work in this industry. So I hate apps that do that, right? If I have an app and if it asks for any personal information, yeah. I kind of back away really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Unless I, I have already researched that app to within an inch of its life. Me too. It makes me, and this sort of bait and switch of going so far and it's like, oh, I've uploaded the picture now and now I want to see. So I, I was doing one of these and it was scrolling images past me of George Clooney and Ronaldo and other hunks as though it were searching the database. But it said, to reveal your match, you now need to sign up for the £7.99 weekly diamond membership subscription. Uh so what, you thought you actually were going to look like Ronaldo. That's what well, you were hoping that's, for. <laughs> I don't think Ronaldo is a very good comparison, is it? <laughs> and, and just just for eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> if only, eh? And, and the subscriptions, these can obviously be costly. Some of these free apps or so-called free apps charge up to $30 a month or $9 a week for... Who's paying for that shit? Well, incredibly, quite a lot of people, it seems. Some of the top grossing apps in the Apple App Store, according to researchers at Sophos, are doing exactly these kind of things and are making millions. There is an app called Zodiac Master Plus, for instance, the 11th highest grossing app. And you have to jump through all kinds of hoops, including buying a subscription to get anything. And although they will be promoted as free, and they're promoted hard, by the way. So there's advertising in TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram. And there are many complaints from people where they said, I saw the advert, I downloaded what was portrayed as a free app, and then they wanted all this information, or they wanted me to subscribe, and there was nothing which I could do. And some people yeah, have been charged. Yeah, you just delete it. Well. Nothing they could do. You could do that. Um, but in some cases, what people are saying is that even deleting the app did not actually remove their subscription. Really? People imagine that deleting the app gets rid of the subscription, and it ain't necessarily so. You have to go into the Apple settings, you have to go into your Android settings in the Google Play Store to actually properly unsubscribe from these things. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's that's a classical trick. You know, mm. when you just go to let's say to uh, Amazon Prime Video and they offer you to watch movies and and you can do you know trial period and there are many many options there from HBO to to Smarts and many others, and it's a trial it's a trial period a week. But then to unsubscribe, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so difficult that you just stay there. You don't want to push all the buttons. Yeah, it's, it's too complicated. No, it's, no, exactly. It's unsubscribing is very complicated. That's, that's... And I think many people may not spot the small print. When I was installing yes, some of these yes. apps, it mm. was in small, light gray writing on a white background. Oh, I'm you, have, a... you have trouble with contrast, <laughs> don't you? I do have contrast issues. <laughs> My eyesight is not perfect. And it actually said you had to cancel at least 24 hours before the payment was made. So you may have a three-day trial, and so you actually have less time than you imagine before you start ending up paying. And people 
People are leaving zero star reviews, but these things are continuing to be really, really successful. Over 100 million devices have installed what Sophos is calling fleeceware apps. So how come companies like Apple, for example, with its little vetted policy Mm. is not spotting these, do you think? They're clearly not policing it well enough, are they? Now, some people are a bit suspicious because Apple makes 30% of the revenue, which is generated Mm. in the first year. I think after a first year, it goes down to 15%, but it's still a serious wad of cash. But Carol, but it's not illegal. I mean, they they can say, look, uh, you you have enough time just to unsubscribe technically. Mm. And uh, if it's difficult, that's not our fault. So just don't fall into this trap at first place by subscribing or by by doing the trial period. But it's very hard for people, especially these days, when we're all, you know, stuck, you know, at home <laughs> in front of our computers. I mean, not to be tempted to do something which is called free trial. Yeah. And when I was using one of these apps earlier today to compare your photographs and things like that, it yeah, pop- fuck you for that. It <laughs> popped up this subscription dialogue, seven ninety nine a week or whatever it was, and all it needed was my thumbprint to carry on. I could have accidentally. That's a data collection. Yeah. That's another story. But not even that, but it makes the payment so easy, right? Because it doesn't even feel like money. So I'm imagining this kind of app is probably popular, probably now all time of days, but you know, people have had a few drinks, right? Or they're with their friends and they're like, oh, let's play a game. Let's see what celebrity you look like. You don't realize that you're on an ongoing subscription fee. Well, they might not be with their friends at the moment, but they certainly could be drinking. Oh, well, that's but, <laughs> sorry. Yes. They might be connecting yes. online using that's, Zoom and all its privacy issues. That certainly is yeah. also a possibility. Yeah. So our advice for people is always read the small print, especially if it's in a little grey font that's hard to see. Any app which asks you for lots of information before it gives you the goods or asks you to pay, think really hard about whether you really want to give that information and acquaint yourself with how to unsubscribe from apps uh, either on your phone or on your Google account. What we'll do is we will link in the show notes to a description of how you can do that because I think a lot of people aren't aware of just uh, Mm. how and to first of all, check what subscriptions you may have and make sure that you cancel them. And uh, it's always better, I think, to try out apps before you sign up. Uh, So don't hand over any of your payment card information until you're absolutely sure that this is an app which is bringing some value. And a lot of these apps actually are things which can be done for free. But just to to add a few words about computer literacy, uh, about uh, six months ago, I think in October, I had an event in London I was a guest and spoke at, at uh, Computer Fair with Avast CEO. And uh, uh, it was all about cybersecurity, about privacy. Mm. And just out of my curiosity, I asked the audience, about 250 people, and it's, it's not just, you know, ordinary people from the street. So that's the, the audience that attended the tech exhibition. Uh, how many people can find in their Google menu the button to forget? Yeah. Mm. How many hands? About, around about 250 people in the room. Three hands. Yeah. It just tells you everything about, about, about the attention people are paying to, to these details and the level of complacency. It's just, it's phenomenal. I guess most people are just thinking, well, I'll just Google it. You know, I don't have to remember anything anymore. I'll find it that way. Maybe. So, Gary, what do you want to talk to us about this week? There are many stories, but I picked up one. It's, I found it on Voice of America. It's a, uh, global move to telecommute work increases security risks. People used to work online from their offices. 
And, and it's a very diff- different level of, of security mm-hmm. because companies have spent decades building up enterprise security. Administrators, tech support, consultants, layers of security, red teams, blue teams, you name it. Encrypted phones, secure computers. And suddenly, no one, nobody's in the office. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I would call it the instant Hillary effect, as is everyone has a home server. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, it is as if you build a huge castle with a thick stone walls and a moat to protect your people from the barbarian hordes, but suddenly you have to move everyone out of the castle into the fields. Yeah. The barbarians were at the gates before, but now there, there are not any gates. And uh, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand that very few people have a secure laptop to take home from the office or encrypted phone. Yeah. So uh, even companies and age agencies with the ability, uh, they are overextended now and scrambling and leaving this a lot of holes. So, and every link in home security is going to be weaker than in the office. How many people do you think, Gary, are actually having to use their own devices, their own computers to access the network? Uh, I think now it's almost everybody. Yeah. You know, it's the, the problem is, is, is it's not just, you know, technology, but it's about habits. Mm. So because people used to a certain level of security, that's why they pay very little of, or no attention to the potential threats. And, uh, and the bad state actors are eyeing government employees and corporate espionage. It's, it's absolutely perfect. Mm. Because people are getting a lot of new information, being sent new links, new protocols every day. So that's easy. And, uh, and uh, good security isn't just tech. It's, as I said, it's a lot of good habits and protocols. Yeah. And those are all disrupted now. So even school kids are being switched around from one platform to another. Yeah. I mean, that all happened with the whole Zoom fiasco over the last few weeks, with everyone kind of spiking towards using it, and they not keeping up with security, even though the checks weren't there, but everyone was in a panic. So no one was really looking at the fine print. Because it's what we know, that cyber vulnerabilities Mm. are compounded by the general sense of newness and uncertainty. Mm. And uh, there's so much uncertainty now, and it's all all new. And people don't know how to navigate in this new environment. In that environment, it's, it's even harder than usual to be cautious to detect a phishing attempt. And I guess if you were someone who regularly worked outside of the office, if you were on the road or if you were working from home, you maybe have been given a computer laptop by your business, it may be that you're a little bit more used to that. But now we have this larger community of people who never had any reason from working from home and they've had to relocate. And they, they are experiencing this. Chances are they haven't been given a laptop at the beginning of being isolated at home. And so they're just making do with whatever they have, which might be running really old versions of the operating system, may already be infected with things. Today, on the day we're recording this, it's the first patch Tuesday since we all started staying at home. So Microsoft is pushing out operating system patches. And I wonder how many people will be applying those at home and how people will be coping with that, because that's something which used to be done in your workplace by the IT department, and maybe they don't have oversight on your computer any longer. Yeah. Uh, the, the story I mentioned talks about threats to journalists. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's because countries like Russia, Iran, Turkey, China, all have a long record of targeting journalists this way. But now it's, uh, it's, it's a perfect moment. Yeah, that is a um, really good point, yeah. Gary. Um, but also, this is, there was another story earlier that uh, I think two or three weeks ago, a story broke about a very sophisticated replica of the World Health Organization website. Right. And uh, they use this web portal, okay, a hoax, a fake web portal for phishing. 
So what the scammers were trying to get credentials to break into the official system. And imagine the havoc they could cause and the potential value of knowing about treatments or anything else. Yeah, and that's not regular cyber criminals, is it? Who would be interested, I would imagine, in doing that. You expect some foul play from a sort of state-sponsored attack, attacking yes, someone like uh, who? Yeah, of course, state-sponsored attacks, they are just uh, they're, they're deadliest. Mm. But uh, even, even smart hackers, they understand that there's so many new opportunities now. Mm-hmm. Because the, the crowd is in the open field. And, uh, and again, people used to be protected by the thick and tall walls. And now they're on their own. And they don't even see the threat coming. Yeah, I spoke to uh, people in Avast, and uh, they recorded several attacks on hospitals in uh, Czech Republic and, and Slovakia. Again, same stories, collecting data. And it's just, it's very difficult for people to, uh, to understand that the threat is coming. So because they, they, they're looking for help anywhere now. People are desperate. And that's an ideal moment to send a message saying, oh, oh here you can get help you need. Please, you know, give, give, give me your date. Yeah. And it's almost like the first time in the entire history of the world where everyone is paying attention to the same thing at the same time. So yep. we're all interested in this. So there's a really wide net to ensnare people into phishing ploys and other yeah. nasties online. Yeah, there are certainly lots of coronavirus scams and phishing attacks and extortion attempts which are going on at the moment. So it's, it's something people really need to be careful about. And obviously, we're all obsessed by the news at the moment. Well, I am. I don't know. Some people just want to put their head in the sand, don't they? Um, and Oh, well. I can understand you know that, what? maybe for your own mental health. I'm not at my pick of the week yet. I'm not jumping my story, but just, oh. you know, I've done one for the COVID addicts and the ones who need to get away. I've done oh. two. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Gary. Uh, Carole, what have you got for us this week? Well, first, Gary, do you do any online gaming? Uh, it's called chess. Never heard of it. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> Of course, of course you understand gaming, but I wanted a story that involved gaming and politics and censorship. Mm. So uh, the Nintendo Switch, this is a hot ticket item in our PC world. I don't know if they have any chess games on the Nintendo Switch. They certainly do. Do they? Yes. Listen to me. I, I, don't really I don't know. Probably chess is, is, is everywhere. And, uh, and I, I, I guess Nintendo should have all, all sorts of versions of chess, like Japanese chess, shogi, and uh, maybe Thai chess. So there are many versions played in, 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 in the forest. Yeah, I'm only a beginner in this world of chess. But you won't be able to get a Switch anytime soon, Gary, because they've run out of consoles. And uh, they're actually posting online saying this is when they'll be available. Ah. I really wanted to talk about one of the last entrants to the Nintendo Switch franchise of games, and that is the Animal Crossing game New Horizon. This came out less than a month ago, and already it's taken the gaming world by storm. Loads of people are playing it. Even Graham, I think, you're playing it at the moment. I am. My son got. uh, My wife actually is is the real Animal Crossing fan, but she has now infected my son. And that's those not words we use right now, Clue. No, probably not. Okay, but she influenced him. But um, he insisted that I also create a character for his island. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am having to log in every day and, I don't know. Exactly. uh, It's like a cult. Pick flowers or something. (laughs) It is absolutely. It it is run by this Tom Nook, David Koresh-like figure. Okay, okay. But, 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 but. Okay, this is unlike most games, okay? Because most games, as far as I'm concerned, you're killing people, you're racing cars, you're engaged in combat of some sort. Yeah. And this is more of a... 
you're kind of on an alternate reality platform and you're managing your island resources, your residents, your products, and you're basically trying to grow this virtual island economy. It's like a paradise in a way, isn't it? Apart from the fact that you're camping. Other than that, <laughs> it, is, it is rather Nirvana-like, yes. Now, so basically you can sell fish and you can, you can, you know, um, fish. How do you say that? Go fishing. <laughs> you can go fishing and then you can sell your fish at the market and you can collect bugs for a museum and all this kind of stuff. Most people find this very charming, but not everyone yes. does. Oh. PETA Kids put out a guide for vegans with an FAQ that said, is fishing, huh? an, is fishing in Animal Crossing vegan? And their FAQ answer is, this is a biggie. You shouldn't fish in real life, so you shouldn't do it in the game either. Oh, well, that's going to limit you in the game somewhat, isn't it? I mean, Right? Well, <laughs> the fish don't... Uh, the fish... They're not real fish! Well, okay, they're not real fish, but the fish don't die in the game, do they? They're just sort of... Graham, do you play shoot 'em up games? Does that mean you yeah. do it in real life? No, I suppose not. No, I don't Gary do plays no. chess. He kills the queen, right? Doesn't do that in real life. He's not after Liz. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, look, I, I think a lot of people now, they're just uh, losing their sense of I identifying what's real and, and what's not. Yes. So that's why I think, you know, especially these days when you spend, you know, so many hours in front of the screen. So uh, I think we, we, we tempted to, to, to take everything that's happening on the screen, you know, for real. Watch how real this gets, Gary. It's crazy. So they don't like people fishing. So... Petter are against Animal Crossing for that reason. The Reddit community thought it was a link to an Onion article. I think that says it all. They didn't complain about the fact that many of the animal characters in the game are there living in houses, wearing clothes, <laughs> yeah, sombreros. getting a pretty nice life. <laughs> right. Well, well, you shouldn't really dress up animals either, should you? I mean, I think... Why? What about George Orwell's Animal Farm? Yeah. Oh, that, yes, yeah. Animal Farm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Interesting connection there. I don't have to think about that one. Yeah, I'm a Russian, so it's the most natural connection I can make. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, is this game is not just an offline game, although you can totally play offline and have a great old time. You also can get an online Nintendo subscription. And with this new version of Animal Crossing, you can download this Nook Link app on your iPhone or, or Android phone. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the combination of these two services with the game, once registered, lets you do all kinds of creative, unique stuff, right? So I could cover my island with uh, pictures of Gary Kasparov, right, on my island. And people come visit and I call Gary Kasparov Island. I could do that. Or Brad Pitt, perhaps. Or Brad Pitt. No one would know the difference. Close match. Close yes. match. They, it's like 77%. <laughs> and then you could come to Henry Kissinger Island. Come and visit me. Uh, no. <laughs> but this app on the phone also lets you communicate with players while you're playing. So you have voice chat, text message, all that stuff going on. Right. So now that we have this, if you imagine right now we're all in this lockdown, people can't attend weddings, birthdays, graduations, etc. Yeah, yeah. Office yeah. openings. They're doing it all on Animal Crossing. Right. So there's like this digital world. And because you can do this kind of can I say this word? Unicifying? <laughs> the answer is no, you can't say that word. <laughs> 
making your island very unique or just unique, as I suppose is correct. <laughs> you know, you can show off. You can say, yeah, yeah, I got that pattern, or yeah, I got a, you know, I got this really cool chair, or I got this smashing security T-shirt. Ah. <laughs> okay. So why is this interesting? Let's go to China. Because this is not just being used for friends and family to connect,、mm-hmm. but people realize that maybe they can get a political message out using Animal Crossing. Now, I should say first that Animal Crossing isn't officially available in China and hasn't been officially available in China. But this has not stopped tons of Chinese gamers playing the game by getting it in what they call the gray market. Okay, and this this involves、uh, platforms like Pinduoduo and the eBay equivalent Taobao. That's from Alibaba. So these are just basically just places where you can buy not officially sanctioned, approved gaming apps. Okay, all right, yeah. And the reason they're all interested in this is Tencent and Nintendo. They made a deal, so the Switch is now. An approved console and available in China, so everyone has these consoles. They want to play the latest games, and they're going to the gray market to get them if they're not officially available. So, why aren't these games available? Because China likes to review all games, and it's not a tiny, tiny game. It's got a lot of connectivity yeah, power, and、huge. it wants to check everything out and make sure it's right for its market. Did 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 you say right for the market or right for the? For people, correct, you know, yeah, it's, or it's right for the, the government, yeah, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. The, the、mm-hmm, top priority、mm-hmm. in in undemocratic countries is not、uh, not the interest of the market, yes,、no. or just you know interest of the customers. It's more about you know the the images and and the ideas that the the customers、uh, can.、Um, Can receive、uh, from playing these games because, of course, these regimes want to know what people are saying on social networks to each other. They want to keep close track of that, and I imagine you can do. You can obviously have a conversation. You can have a date inside video games as well. I guess they just can't parse the logs of the game yet. Fry tends、no. to、uh, be able to see what who's saying what. Tricky. However, however, last week this is where it all comes to a head a little、all、bit、right. because last week a, a young Hong Kong democratic activist, Joshua Wong. Took his protest to Animal Crossing, and because you can kind of upload images and then create clothing or household items and whatever else on the island, he decided to do that and create a banner that says "Free Hong Kong Revolution Now," and then posted a screenshot of this image、uh-huh. on Twitter. Right. And Reuters reported that since he posted this Twitter post, you can't find Animal Crossing on the grey market anymore. Well, you can on Alibaba's Taobao, but it's difficult because some vendors are trying to circumvent the crackdown by directing potential buyers towards a listing that sell the game without using the title and the description. So it's basically it's not there. You can't see it unless you go really digging. So you won't see、uh, the game advertised at Animal Crossing, but you might be told game on islands where you can catch fish if you want to <laughs> and collect bugs. Look, as someone who grew up in the Soviet Union, so I know how how authorities in the、um, totalitarian countries、uh, how they're concerned about any metaphor,、mm. uh, because it's, it's they don't know it's, it's something is that is that cannot be cannot be put in a box. Uh, and、uh, they cannot classify, so they 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 rather have it、uh, removed and erased. 
Mm. That's 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 a normal reaction of any any censorship. I'm surprised though they didn't kind of maybe ban Joshua Wong from the game if they didn't like what he was saying. And he certainly, I mean, he he put pictures of his island showing portraits of Chinese President Xi Ping and the World Health Organization head Tedros Adhanom at a funeral simulation with a sign saying Wuhan pneumonia. He's trying to do some uh, you know some shaky shaky to get get attention. It reminds me a little bit of when China's internet censors had a bit of a go targeting Winnie the Pooh and Tigger. Yes. You remember this? Yeah. Because there there was a comparison made between President Xi and Winnie the Pooh. And I think Obama was Tigger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something as harmless as yeah. Winnie the Pooh upsets yeah. a country that great. Amazing. But it's, it's interesting to me that we have these political causes and then you have a game that's effectively, you know, viral, quote unquote, success. You know, it's spread, you know, really quick. Everyone's playing Animal Crossing. You have the pandemic, which has everyone locked inside. And then you have someone that has managed to use both those ta- those talking points to try and get, you know, attention from the media, including me covering it today. So the Streisand effect is in operation, Carol. <laughs> there you go. Just... But so I, I, I want to say that, that this doesn't mean that anyone should avoid Animal Crossing. I've hated it at first. I found it very stressful. But I think if you need, you know, I've learned how to chill with the game. And I think it's really good for both young kids and adults alike. I can see its benefits. And you can play offline. You don't have to go online. Crow, but if you, crow. Hmm? send me your friend code. I'll I, come visit your island. I will, well, I will. I will. We'll do that. Well, I was thinking, actually, Graham, I think maybe we should do an Animal Crossing smashing security. <laughs> I do. Well, invite everyone to yeah. our island. Want to get invite everyone to our island. Because you know what? When people come and visit your island, they give you a present. And then that present, oh. you can go to the store. Oh. Yeah, because they say, thank you for inviting us to your island. Oh, that's nice. You could get okay. loaded I with like bells. I the idea of that. That's fantastic. <laughs> hey, Graham. Yes. So I've got a problem. Yes. I use a cloud service. I put all my files and data up there, and I'm kind of nervous about crying eyes looking at it. Any advice? Yeah, you've got to encrypt it. So what I would recommend is use a piece of software like Boxcryptor. It's what I run on my computer. And any file before it gets uploaded to those cloud services gets encrypted with my own keys, which I control. So the cloud service itself can't see the contents of the files which I'm putting on the cloud drive. It's all encrypted. Cool, I'll check it out. Well, now's a great time to do it because they're offering a fantastic 40% discount to listeners of the Smashing Security podcast. If you want a Boxcryptor personal license for private use or a Boxcryptor business account perfect for the self-employed, go to smashingsecurity.com slash Boxcryptor. I'm on the show. And welcome back. And you join us on our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. Excellent. (laughs) Pick of the Week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. Could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. Doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Should not be. And my Pick of the Week this week is not security-related. Um, I thought we all needed a bit of a cheer up. So I found an amusing story in the newspaper um, all about, I don't, I don't, do you guys like surprises? I'm not a big fan of surprise parties and things like that. Or what, people? people, don't worry about yeah. that anymore, dude. I'm not, I'm not, not that keen on people either. But um, I read about this chap, this 64 year old guy who was retiring from his job working 
for the French Air Force. He wasn't actually a pilot himself, but he, he was working inside the Ministry of Defence over there. And it was his retirement day. And uh, his colleagues decided that they would organise a surprise for him. And the surprise which they organised for him from an airbase in eastern France was to have a flight in a £65 million fighter jet. Uh, with him in the back and obviously a trained pilot in the front. Okay. And so they took him to this place. They didn't give him any warning. They just took him to this place and said, oh, we've got a surprise for you. See this plane. You're getting in it, mate. And they attached a camera to the top of his helmet and they quickly sort of got him into the uniform. They'd, had, they'd asked for permission from the Ministry of Defence and they put him into the back of the plane <laughs> And he, I think he was a little bit apprehensive. But you know how you feel when people organise something for you? feel, oh, kind of like, got to go along with this. A bit like when Miko Hippenen had his ponytail cut off on stage. You kind of feel you're going to ruin everything if you don't go along with it. <laughs> Similarly, when I played chess with Gary Kasparov at simultaneous, I thought, I could beat Gary, but maybe this time I won't. I'll just, it'll, it'll look bad, you know, so I'll, I'll let him win on this occasion, right? Ignore him, Gary. I'm grateful. Yeah, he is. He is ungrateful. <laughs> So his na this chap's name hasn't been released to spare his blushes, but he was gifted this flight, this incredible fighter jet. And the fighter jet took off. And normally a plane ascends at about uh, 10 or 15 degrees into the air. This one was going off at about 45 degrees into the air. Oh. And within 10 or 20 seconds, this guy, because of the G-force and being thrown around, because he hadn't been quite strapped in properly enough, he realised he needed to steady himself. And so he grabbed hold of something and pulled... And it was the ejector seat. And he was flung out of this plane into his parachute, was left dangling in midair on his last day at work. Normally, when the ejector seat goes off in this particular plane, it also includes the pilot's plane as well. Uh, the pilot's seat. But it, didn't, <laughs> but it didn't happen on this occasion. I'm laughing here. Um, apparently, his, his, his helmet was ripped off. His anti-G trousers weren't fastened okay. properly. You're basically saying, read this well, article. No, it's, just, it's just to tell people, don't organise surprises for people because they may not want them. Now, thankfully, <laughs> this 1,200 miles per hour jet um, managed to land safely. And the passenger... Uh, who had been ejected, he fell into a nearby field and he is safe, just minor injuries, and he's safe. Um, but if it had happened at sea or somewhere else, it could have been much, much worse. And I just imagined the people in his office who arranged this, this will be fun for Bob, let's do this. <laughs> they must have seen this scene of this guy being ejected. It was definitely fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but Bob could just learn how to say no thanks, dudes. Non merci. Well, yeah. Uh, but sometimes, Carol, social pressure makes you do things you don't want to do, doesn't it? There's not a lot of that right now. <laughs> don't worry about it. Well, this, this incident took place last year, but it's all coming out now in a, the official French MOD's report, which I have linked to in the show notes, uh, where you can Brilliant. hear more about everything which happened. But obviously a happy ending. Otherwise, I wouldn't have told this story. <laughs> but extraordinary. And don't organise surprises for people. And that is why it was my pick. Of the week. I'll never organise a surprise for you ever again. Thank you, Crow. Not even on your Animal Crossing Island. No. Gary, what is your pick of the week? My pick of the week. People burning down cell towers. Oh. Thinking they <laughs> caused a worsened coronavirus. And uh, 
Unless I'm wrong, there were three arsons in England recently. Yeah, 20 towers have been damaged. Celebrities posting on social media about 5G being dangerous. It's just, what I can say, disasters always bring this out in people, a tendency towards superstition and what's the real story conspiracy theories. Yeah. As with the 9-11 truthers, probably the first modern example of global conspiracy theory online. So now there's a new one every week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this behavior is, for me, it's like going back to medieval times. It's like burning witches or throwing virgins into a volcano. Yeah, by the way, Krakatoa just erupted, but finding virgins may be harder these days. <laughs> I think in the old days, volcanoes weren't that easy to find, uh, thankfully. For the <laughs> I'm just closing my jaw. I don't know where you were living, Gary, but it wasn't happening that much. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just, you know, we have so much, you know, anti-science thinking that is so pre- pre- prevalent these days. You know, on the right, you have so many people who do not believe in, in climate change. In the left, yeah. you have people thinking that humans are the real virus. And by the way, both sides have plenty of people who insist that vaccines are dangerous. Mm. This is what can happen without one vaccine. Yeah. Do you think that's going to carry on being the case, people, the, the anti-vaxxers, considering we're currently all hanging out for a vaccine? Or will people be reluctant to take the coronavirus vaccine when eventually it's developed, uh, thinking uh, it's going to be something nasty? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that the conspiracy theories will not die. Yeah. Even today in America, in the midst of this pandemic, you have a lot of people saying, oh, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, ordinary flu or, you know, it's, it's, it's the fact is that conspiracy theories, they sound more attractive. It's not just that. It's just you don't know what to believe, right? Like people don't know what news sources are reliable. They don't trust the big media houses. They trust their friends. And exactly. Their friend, and in, yep. in America, you have, you know, now the, the truth is, 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 is no longer being universal. You have, you know, the stories, you know, uh, for red states and blue states. So and when, when the country is, is so divided, and it's not just America, I believe it's, it's, it's going across Europe. So it's yeah. so easy to sell fake news. And, yeah. uh, and that's why I'm, I'm not sure that even at the end of this, of this crisis, pandemic crisis, so we'll, we'll have uh, 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 vaccination all over the place. Mm. No, that's very, it's very clear that, you know, it's, it's this, the vaccines, you know, could save lives, but there'll be a lot of people saying the opposite. Yes, that's, I think I'm you're sorry, right. My, my, my story doesn't have the same, you know, happy ending as yours. <laughs> Don't worry, I go last and mine's got a good ending. <laughs> you had volcanoes and virgins. I mean, who's to complain about that? Carol, <laughs> <laughs> what's your pick of the week? Jesus, this show. Um, so I have two things, right? Some of us need to get away from the fire. Some of us need our daily fix. So I've got something for right. both of you. Okay, first, the daily fixers, the guys that need to read about it and want to have a different point of view. So I have a friend based in Boston, and she, among many things that she does, is an artist. And she is currently creating an illustrative series on her day-to-day experiences since early March. She returned from holiday to this whole new world. And she has a young family. And the whole thing is drawn so like fiercely and with feeling and I just love it and I want to share it with everybody. So the artist is Maria Fotinakis. Her work is called Extraordinary Times, a COVID-19 visual journal. And the name is perfect because I think her work is extraordinary. So you can find it on Webtoons and I will put a link on the Smashing Security website. I've had a chance to check this out already and it is really 
It is very good, I have to say. Really good stuff. It is. It's beautiful. Now, for those of you that need something entirely unrelated to what is going on, may I Mm. suggest reading the long Sunday article in New York Times called The Weirdly Enduring Appeal of Weird Al Yankovic. Now, do you know him, Graham? Weird Al Yankovic, he is an American, well, not a sort of satirical pop star. He does sort of spoof songs, doesn't he? He has been doing yeah. it for decades, I think. 40 years he's been doing it. 40 years. Do you know him, Gary, or no? No. He's no. a genius, man. He's a genius. Let me tell you some of his songs, right? <laughs> is he a genius? Yeah. Let me, is he okay? a genius? Okay. Yeah, he's okay. a genius, okay? The okay. song She Drives Me Crazy, he reworked into She Drives Like Crazy. Yeah, smart. That's not genius, Crow. Okay, addic- look, I'm a- I'm talking to the chess champion, not you. Yeah. Addicted to love, he turned into addicted to spuds. You see, brilliant. And I think we're alone now. I think I'm a clone now. Very, very apt for today's technology world, right? Are we so- at all worried that society is dumbing down, Crow? <laughs> look, it is a genius, genius piece. I loved it, and you don't even have to read it for those who don't like to read because the Daily gave it, put it on their podcast on Sunday, so you can hear it read to you. Um, and it's, uh, I listened, I read it, and then I listened to it because I love Weird Al, and I remember all the lyrics because I was about twelve. When Do, does the, does the audio version have excerpts from his songs as well? Don't worry, I'm going to play an excerpt on this show. I'm going to break copyright okay. and play an excerpt. If you if you break copyright, just be aware. You know, they can just you know remove remove the show from. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Weird Al, maybe you'll give me permission. Okay. It, it's all right for Weird Al to rip off everybody's song, but not for you to rip off his. <laughs> yeah, song I'll change. I'll change some of. The, I'll change some of the words in the song. <laughs> anyway, so those are my those are my picks of the week. Marvelous. Well, on that uplifting, uh, but not necessarily that artistic Genius. note. Uh, but um, that just about wraps it up Um, Gary Kasparov I'm sure lots of our listeners would love to follow you online thank you so much for joining us on the show thanks for inviting me so and let's hope that you know we'll we'll, at one point we can uh, you know we can have this uh, recording uh, live yes that would be fantastic in the meantime what's the best way for people to find out more about you or to follow you online Um, I have kasparov.com my website but Twitter is kasparov63 and I'm I'm all, all the time on Twitter. <laughs> so, and, and of course, I'm on Facebook as well. Good man. Well, you can also follow us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity, no G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. And we also have an active community on Reddit, on the Smash Insecurity subreddit. And if you want to leave us a little voicemail, you can do that as well. Go to smashinsecurity.com slash voicemail. A Drizillion thank yous for listening to us. You are keeping Smashing Security alive by listening to us each week, literally. Also, a huge thank you to this week's Smashing Security sponsor, Boxcryptor. Its support helps us give you this show for free. Check out smashingsecurity.com for past episodes, sponsorship details, and information on how to get in touch with us. Until next time, cheerio. Bye-bye. Thank you. Stay safe. Thank you very much, Gary. Thank you. We really appreciate it. Okay. We will send you a link when the episode goes Thank you. live. Yes. He wants to go. <laughs> I know he wants to go. <laughs> Goodbye, Gary. Yes. Yes.